We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome in, welcome in. It is October 25th at 6.02 p.m. Mountain Time, of course. And that means it's time for an episode of Building the Broncos. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, for these Tuesday evening shows, the man, the myth, the legend, Carl Dummler. Carl, good to see you, man. I missed you. I know, I know. It's been kind of weird that uh, I, we were talking about it before. We've missed the last two shows together. One of us was gone yeah. both either time. And so it just feels feels weird. It feels weird yeah. to be back with you. So it's uh, it's good to see you. Glad you're still alive from your, your trip. Yeah. Man, love the pictures. I saw the bear. Yeah, pretty close. You it, scared have to the absolute, it scared the absolute heck out of me. So I was chasing along the water there for like the best view of the sunset on the peak there. Came around the corner and I was about 30 feet from that black bear. Yeah. Um, had you know cooked up some fish before that. So I'm curious if he was smelling anything and uh, slept with one eye open uh, that night a little bit because it was really close to our camp. And we were under the impression that there were no bears uh, in yeah. the core enchantments. You don't have to take a bear can because they're not up there. Well, photo evidence suggests otherwise. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, yeah, it was a great time. And uh, now it's we're officially in. Seattle weather season. Uh, it's been rainy. It's been cold. The wildfires are, thank God, being put out. Uh, but now I'm going to complain about that until probably June next year. Yeah, well, you're you're missing the fun wind in the Midwest mm-hmm. has kicked up once again. Of course. So, yeah, we had 50, 50 or 60 mile per hour winds the other day. And uh, it's just been been great. My kid's like, hey, we should go fly kites. And, you know, he weighs like 40 pounds and I'm going, I think the kite would take either you would let go of the kite and the kite would be gone or the kite would take you. And I said, either way, it's, it. it's bad. <laughs> yeah. So I said, not today. Yeah, absolutely. And we got uh, Jay Valentine coming in here over on YouTube. Might be an only YouTube uh, centric show today, given it sounds like there are some uh, issues with Facebook via StreamYard. But uh, Jay Valentine, good to see you. And the YouTube folks, uh, stand up. We appreciate you. We got Facebook likes and hearts, though, so we know you guys are in here. So appreciate you guys. It's just the comments. So if you are on Facebook, make sure you're joining us, uh, clicking the thumbs up and everything. Uh, but uh, if you need to drop a comment today or want to, make sure you get on over to YouTube. Jay Valentine saying, let's say the New York Giants offer a one and a three for Judy and Chubb. Would you all take it? No. I- I'd you want would. more than that for both of them. Okay. Like, it- I'd probably want that just for Chubb. If we're being honest here, mm. you know, it, I'm, I'm not letting him go for, for cheap. He's top three player on this team. I, I think you obviously Patrick Sertan's right there. At number one, probably for the team. Justin Simmons maybe has an argument for number two, Bradley Chubb, the way he's playing this year, I think he's number three. So I I'm, I'm holding my ground. I'm saying, Hey, I want a one and three for him. I probably want your number two for, for Jerry Judy. So if you give me your one, two and three and, maybe another like fifth rounder and we'll throw back a sixth rounder to you. I could maybe get on board with that, but a one and a three just for Judy and Chubb. No, thank you. I think this is a pretty realistic uh, trade offer overall. Uh, what the Broncos would probably get for this package right now. I think Chubb you're hoping for, they keep, they keep throwing out the Von Miller package. I'm hoping because Chubb is younger, you get two twos, uh, something into that extent. And I'm okay with getting 2024 draft capital. If the Broncos lose this weekend, if they win and you're sitting there at what would it be three and five, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking you hold on then and do your best. Unless there's somebody on this team that you really don't have a vision for going forward. Uh, but uh, I would have to listen to it at least uh, with the first round pick there from the Giants. That is a very interesting asset and could really help you 
uh, accumulate more picks if you needed and uh, get another cost controlled asset in there. The big question is, do they, if, if Bradley Chubb is not in your plans beyond this season and you're sitting there at what is it? Two and five right now, maybe two right. and six, then you have to consider it. Cause you're not going to get better than that for the compensatory pick. And it sucks. Cause I agree with you. I think Chubb's been the second best player on this Broncos team this season. Uh, but you also have to look at how the Broncos approached this last off season. They paid Randy Gregory decent money. Uh, they moved Baron Browning to edge. They spent a second round pick on Nick Benito. Jonathan Cooper looks really good as a fourth edge rusher. And you're going to have to pay Bradley Chubb 20 plus million a year uh, after this season. So I'd have to think long and hard about it. This is a really tough one for me. I think it really comes down to the result of the game on Sunday. The Broncos lose to the Jags. I'm, I might pull the trigger on this one. I would want more, maybe throw in like a 2024 four or something, you know, pocket change at that point, but uh, give yeah. me another tradable uh, asset that I can use to move around. But uh, this is, this is, I think it's a pretty interesting deal. I think, I'd hope for a two for Judy and I'd hope for uh two twos for Chubb, but a one and a three together, probably close, close ish to that. So, you know, one, three and four might get it there for me. And Jay also says two seconds and a third. I think that's, it depends on if they're all this season, uh, two seconds and a third might be very valuable as well, but uh, we'll see. Um, and Scott coming in and say, it doesn't matter if he's younger. The time on the contract is the same. I think it does matter a little bit if he's younger, cause you might have a long-term aspirin. I mean, the, the, Panthers are asking for two ones for Brian Burns. If Brian Burns was 34 years old, they would not be close to asking for that. Uh, but it, the one year is probably the the biggest impact on that. And also, so Scott, thank you, Scott, very much. Facebook coming in here. Stars from Lawrence Rivera saying, what's up, guys? We cannot show you because it's not coming through on our end. There we go. And also Miguel Santa Steven coming. So uh, first off, Lawrence Rivera, thank you so much. And then now Miguel as well saying, uh, sup, fellas. How come Florio is the only one with the scoop? Are you hearing rumors out of Dove Valley? Uh, have you heard about the Florio rumors right now? Yeah, he's said that if the Broncos lose, Chubb is gone by Tuesday, right? Is that the one you're talking mm -hmm. about? Yep. Yeah, uh, he's not the only one. I mean, I think Dob Adam Kleiner. Schefter had tweeted out something about how the Broncos are shopping some players right now, or at least getting calls about different players, and they're listening to them. So yeah. I, I think you're seeing the signs there that the national media is picking up the local media have all been talking about this the last couple of weeks, really with the mm -hmm. team losing and saying, Hey, there's some, some trade rumors going on that the names have gotten bigger. The more the losses have gone, you know, kind of started off a couple of weeks ago, more like uh, Albert, Albert Okawebenom kind of guys, maybe yeah. Jerry Judy was starting to get mentioned there just because he's not quite performing. And maybe this is going to be the highest his value is for you right now. Mm -hmm. uh, just because he still has that first round pick plus has a few years left on his contract here. Uh, but, but yeah, so the names, like I said, they've gotten bigger. Now you got Bradley Chubb thrown in there that probably a week ago, nobody was considering until they lost again. And like I said, if they lose again this week, everything's fair game at that point. Yeah. I think with George Payton that the actual, if this trade does, uh, if a trade of Bradley Chubb is, does come to fruition, I think it's just speculation from a lot of the people in the media. Now, not that Florio and other people aren't connected, but the Russell Wilson deal came out of nowhere. The the uh, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick extensions, not really a whisper of that before it happens. Uh, Von Miller last season, trading him a week before the deadline. Uh, people are talk, speculating uh, that maybe Von would be traded, but not seeing that coming around the corner. So I think it's mostly speculation or connections from uh, other teams calling to see if the Broncos – uh, would be interested in moving those guys more than directly coming from Peyton, just given the tight ship uh, that we've seen so far from uh, George Peyton in these, these sort of situations. Uh, we got Andrew Lampy coming. You guys can't comment, but uh, Scott's helping us out here so much saying, Hola, I uh, hope everyone had a wonderful day. I'm a little bit uh, tired, but uh, doing well and excited to be here hanging out with Carl and talking football with you guys. So uh, really fun about uh, really good about that. And, a little, bit, a little bit of job security here. You know, Carl and I back together on on Tuesday nights. And if you guys want to talk about security, Broncos country, if you're like me, you're increasingly getting more concerned about cybercrime with people stealing your private data and invading your privacy. I'm not all that tech savvy. That's why I now use NordVPN on all my browsers, whether it's my desktop, tablet, laptop, or phone. VPN stands for Virtual Private Network, and Nordy, Nord v, VPN protects you as 
a one-stop shop for all things cybersecurity. It's incredibly easy for me to use, which means I don't have to be an MIT graduate to figure it out. With just one click, I'm protected. It's very intuitive to use. With my NordVPN account, I can have up to six devices protected. I no longer have to worry about hackers, malicious sites, and pop-ups. For the price of a single cup of coffee per month, I have complete peace of mind knowing that my devices and data are protected. Plus, with NordVPN, I'm never a slave to media blackouts, which, living out here in Seattle, West Coast time, is big. Hard to watch the Broncos and the Seahawks are the only thing on locally at the same time. I can switch my virtual location, though, to a market that is showing uh, the Broncos game or any NFL game that I want to watch so I don't miss out and can watch the action live. Broncos Country, grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash MHH to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that's nordvpn.com forward slash MHH to get four months for free. Make sure you check it out today with nordvpn.com forward slash MHH. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. All right, Carl, let's see. Hello, so some more people in here. Kevin Gray, good to see us. And evening Broncos country. Nick and uh, Carl just want somebody else to call plays. I really don't know. Uh, what do you think about... So right now, Nathaniel Hackett is very much on the hot seat. I don't know if you if you saw even former Nuggets head coach uh, George Carl has joined on Twitter saying this Hackett Ooh. guy's got to go, uh, <laughs> saying this is just unbelievably terrible and incompetent. Uh, so yeah. let's say the Broncos do move on from Hackett after a loss in Jacksonville. Who's calling plays? I, I would go to Kubiak. You know, yeah. he's called plays before. He understands that kind of system that they're trying. I mean, it, it works with what they've got going so far. And so I think he'd be an easy transition for the team. He's worked with the quarterbacks, obviously being the quarterbacks coach. So I think it would be, like I said, just be easy all the way around. Mm -hmm. He makes the most sense for the Broncos at this time. You, you can't bring in somebody from the outside and say, Hey, come on in, bring in a whole brand new system. And let, let's see how that goes. No, you're not doing that. You're, you're going to have to promote from within. This is one of those things where in the off season, we kind of talked about being worried about too many cooks in the kitchen. I am wondering if how the relationship is between Clint Kubiak and Russell Wilson, given that Russell Wilson has his own private quarterback coach uh, in the fold here. So maybe it's better to, to move Clint from that situation to have a more overarching uh, view on the offense and running that. But I do, I do wonder how that relationship is between those two guys uh, right now, or I guess all three of them, given the power dynamics and whatnot, especially with how poor the offense has been and how Russell Wilson's been playing. Yeah, I, I guess my thought is like you can't keep out in there as well because he's really good friends there with with Hackett. I, I kind of wonder a little bit of that dynamic. He yeah. hired so many of his friends. What what are they going to do with that? Are those guys going to stay loyal to Hackett or are they going to say, nope, you know, we got this job. We got to take advantage of the opportunities we have. You know, I mean, the same with 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 Evero, you know, that, that guy, he's been the one bright shining star so far amongst the, the coaching staff or the Broncos, you really kind of hope you can keep him around as much as possible. So what do you, what are you doing there? Um, I, I don't want him pro promoted to head coach because I don't want more put on his plate by, by any means, but yeah, I, I, 
I would go Kubiak just because, like I said, I don't know if there's anybody else on the roster that are of the roster of the coaches that I'm looking at going. That's the guy. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a tough situation for sure um, in that regard. But uh, we also got uh, Chris coming in here saying trade Simmons. He's obviously talking about Justin Simmons here. Trading Justin Simmons uh, right now would result in a dead cap hit for uh, 2023. Uh, so next season of 7.5 million and 3.75 million this year. But with his contract, you know, you have 15 uh, million uh, going with him there and the rest of the contract as well. I'm curious actually how much value you could get in return. Not that Justin Simmons isn't a good player, but I think you're probably talking about a two maybe. And you're also taking the eating a bunch of dead cap uh, in that regard as well. So I don't think Simmons is going anywhere. Simmons is probably the de facto leader and, God, given how things have worked out so far this season, probably still the face of the franchise, um, given how bad uh, Russell, Russell Wilson's been, at least in the locker room. So um, I don't think you're going to see Simmons traded this offseason. Now, when you go on to next year, let's say the Broncos are stinking again next year. You can get 14 million cap savings compared to just the uh, – oh, huh, it's interesting. It looks like it's a little bit less next season. I'm not sure exactly how the contract works on that regard. A little less dead cap uh, next year, but less savings too. Um, not sure, yeah. um, but I guess the cap hit probably uh, lowers as well. That's what it is. So the cap hits lower, so you save less. Uh, but Simmons probably not happening this cycle. Yeah, and like I said, I, I don't think his value is great right now coming off of injury. You know, he's just on the IR. I get that it was only a four-week hiatus kind of thing, but still, I, I just don't think you're going to get what you hope in return for a player of his caliber. I think he's worth more to the organization, like I said, not only on the field, but then in the locker room as well. You need him as kind of that bonding guy that keeps that locker room together. You don't want to see that get completely torn apart at this point. 100%. And Jayco Zad, friend of the show, coming in saying Chubb's probably the only one we get the most for, and we probably won't have to cap money to resign him. Broncos will have the cap money to resign him. It's just the question of allocating that many resources uh, to the edge spot uh, would be, we'll see. I mean, he's going to get $20 million plus a year if he stays healthy. So he's just he's been that good, and it's the edge position. Uh, a two and a three would be nice. I'm hoping for two twos if that does happen. But again, I'm waiting until if you, if the Broncos beat the Jags, I think I'm going to hold on. I think I'd rather keep the valuable young asset and see if we can retain him in the off season. But uh, if they lose to the Jags, probably you probably have to be picking up the phone and hearing what people have to say. Unfortunately, hate to be in this situation again, yeah. but uh, two and six, that'd be the reality. Mike S coming in saying, what's up Broncos country. And also my guess saying, glad Nick is back. Yeah, Nick's glad to be back too. Uh, Jeff Noyce saying, hello, everyone. Good to see you. Uh, we also have uh, Andy Schrant coming in here with uh, Woody. Uh, has that picture there saying, guys, honestly, most offensive guys here I don't want in our future. I'd rather keep KJ over Sutton. I think – go ahead, Carl. I, I wouldn't. Sutton is more of your true all-around wide receiver. I mean, he's got an, enough athleticism to get down the field. He can high point a ball. I know he didn't have the best game this last week, obviously. He was going against a very good cornerback. Let's give credit where credit's due. He did have where it should have been a pass interference call that would have got them there at the one yard line where it was in the end zone. Um, so that, that's not really on him. That's the officials missed a pretty easy call on that one. But uh, yeah, KJ, he just, he's kind of a niche player. He's got a few things that he's really good at, but he doesn't have that all around game that you really want where Sutton has that. And I, I just, especially moving forward with Wilson. Sutton's the kind of guy that works better with him than a KJ to me, in my opinion. So yeah, I'm not making that kind of move. Yeah, absolutely. And we got a hundred stars coming in from Andrew Baker over on Facebook saying sup a BTB fam. I know it feels bad, but we shouldn't trade our best players. No picks hurt, but we got to build within the question comes down to, do you have long-term plans with Bradley Chubb and what's on the table uh, to get him? I think if, yeah. if you're somebody's offering you two twos and you are more interested in moving forward with Benito Browning Gregory, you probably have to consider it as much as it stinks, <laughs> stinks a lot. Cause I really do like Bradley Chubb. I think he's a good uh, locker room uh, leader as well. Always, you know, came in and acted professional like an adult day one, but yeah, it's unfortunate. That's a situation we're in. We got Don Juan coming in here. Whoop, Doug Smith first saying any thought on how much Seattle loss broke the spirit of the team. If the Seattle, if uh, losing a game week one ruins your entire season, there's a lot of other issues at play here. The good teams are able to be like, okay, that's one seventeenth of the season. Let's refocus here. We had him where we wanted to move the ball. Well, there's a lot of things we did. Well, a lot of correctable mistakes. Uh, it definitely hurts right now. Cause right now you are two and five rather than three and four. And it's a different situation being three and four, but uh, yeah, it's uh, if it broke the spirit of the team, then 
head coach isn't the right guy. Uh, there's a lot of leaders that aren't the right guys in there. Uh, maybe the quarterback's not the right guy too, although we are with him no matter what, probably <laughs> uh, the next four seasons. And to that point, Don Juan coming in 199 saying better overall receiver between Sutton and Judy. I honestly think it's probably a toss up uh, between the two, but the better overall receiver for this offense with uh, Russell Wilson, I believe is Cortland Sutton. We've said it all off season and it's become even worse than I thought it would be, but Russell Wilson's always struggled with the quick game in his career. And he's struggling even more right now with the quick game. Uh, we saw a Brett Rippon getting the ball out there quick. Jerry Judy looked unlocked. You put Jerry Judy with a more pocket oriented, quick game quarterback. He might become a pretty darn good receiver. I don't think he's ever going to be a true wide receiver one, given his physicality uh, limitations, but uh, I think he'd be a better fit in a another scheme, another quarterback compared to Sutton here in Denver. Yeah, and we have Hayden Lee Presley coming in saying, glad to catch you guys live. We're glad you're here, Hayden. The last few seasons have been hard, especially living in Kansas City, but this season is worse. Yeah, I, I've talked to a few people about this. The, the problem with this season is we had real expectations. You know, you, you go trade what you did for Russell Wilson. You got finally a healthy Bradley Chubb. You go out there and make these big signings of Randy Gregory and, you know, Patrick Sertan's really emerging. And so you just, it is hard where we really did think this team probably nine wins was kind of the, the floor of what most people thought the Broncos would be at. And so when you're seeing this put onto the field, especially on the offensive side of the ball, where we thought, Hey, Russell Wilson, he's got to improve this unit just by him being in the, on the, on the field. And the fact that it's actually been worse than what we've seen the last couple of years, that that's very, very sad to see. And it's very surprising, but you know, the coaches, they look very overwhelmed in what they're trying to do on the field. They just, there's no consistency to what they're trying to do. Doesn't seem just like, they're, yeah, there's no, there, there's no great plan. It's, Hey, let's just call this play. See what happens. You know, like the, the fourth down play in this last game against the Colts fourth and three, and you're trying to throw to the end zone, like just go get the first down. Like, just make sure you secure that. You're not trying to win the game on that one play. Just have some other options available. And so th those kind of things, again, they just drive me nuts that you're just not seeing halfway, like even competent play calling going on out there. And uh, we've got John Clay eventing coming in saying, evening, gents. Do you think if Russ's play continues to decline as it has so far, would he consider retirement to preserve his chances at the Hall of Fame? Uh, really appreciate your super chat there, John. And, you know, a part of it, I, it's so hard right now. Is it Russ that's declined this much? Or is it just the coaching staff has not done well to meld with Russell Wilson? Or, you know, the, the system that they brought in. I remember the similar system that when they went out to Green Bay, you know, Aaron Rodgers struggled for the first eight weeks or so. Because it's a very complicated system. And you're seeing a lot of guys who are running wrong routes. And I think you're seeing it with the receivers of a lot of these drops. They're overthinking things. You know, they're mm -hmm. thinking through, okay, what do I have to be doing on this, this route? And so I, I do think if the Broncos continued with this system, with Hackett, you would see a, at least improvement as it goes, just because guys would get more comfortable with the, the system. doesn't mean Hackett's doing a good job by any means. But like I said, it's just complicated. There's a lot of option routes depending on what's being done on the field. And you just got to make sure everybody's getting on the same page right now. Nobody's on the same page when it comes to what they're supposed to be doing on offense. Yeah. It's uh discombobulated to put it lightly and uh, having a hard time executing, but baby steps only four penalties uh, this last week from the Broncos. So uh, good to see that uh, they still lost the game, even though the jets had 11, but I digress probably should have been more a couple of PIs not called, but got to beat the refs uh, too sometimes. And Sometimes it goes both ways. We got yeah. Andrew Baker, 100 stars on Facebook coming in saying, Sup, BTB fam. I know it feels bad. But we shouldn't trade our best players. Oh, we got this one from Andrew already. Thanks, yeah. Scott. Um, but uh, Andrew, double dipping here. We appreciate you, Andrew, coming in there. And uh, as far as uh, <laughs> Russell Wilson retiring early to preserve his Hall of Fame legacy, I mean, he's, I don't think he's accumulated enough great seasons to date. He hasn't been a top three statistical quarterback many times in his career. He's been pretty consistently top like seven. Uh, yeah. And if you do that, you know, for 15, 18 years, you know, then you're talking hall of fame, but right now I don't think that he is a hall of famer and uh, probably not going to get there if you're tired. And man, I hope he's not thinking that way. Cause that would be a, uh, a very sad uh, reality, you know, just kind of a surrender 
Cobra there uh, for his career. But I don't think that's that's the case at all. Dave Glassman, 100 stars on Facebook saying, how much would the depth cap be if we did trade Simmons? Sorry, I'm late if you've already answered this. So if you traded Simmons this offseason, you'd take a $3.75 million dead cap this season and a $7.5 million dead cap next season with a $15 million savings. Probably not going to happen. Uh, you have a little bit more flexibility after that, but he's really, I mean, it's this season, then two more after that. So I can't really see it happening, especially with the dead cap there. But if somebody comes and offers you two twos, maybe you consider it, but uh, people get it a little bit concerned about the locker room and everything. If you trade Bradley Chubb locker room will probably implode. If you trade Justin Simmons, he seems to be the, uh, the heart uh, of that entire locker room right now. And uh, probably the leader on both sides of the ball. Yep. And we got Gary Palmer coming in here on YouTube Gary. with a super chat. Good to see you there, Gary. If you have a question for us, definitely get at us and appreciate just seeing you here on, on our show once again. Yeah, always good to see the notorious GLP coming in on YouTube because Facebook's having some issues. So uh, we got money more saying Seahawks fans are loving this. Yeah, they got to be um, loving this. No doubt. They're going to probably get a, a pretty good uh, draft pick out of it, unfortunately. But as somebody saying, what do the Broncos have to play for anymore? Or what do they have to probably better to lose the game? I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Nick D. Uh, Broncos aren't in a position to tank, really, because they're not going to get value. Not that they would tank, but like they're not going to get value from the draft pick. So go down swinging. And if you can accumulate more assets with in a lost season, that's fine. That's great and dandy, but it's not to the extent. Uh, it's not to the end goal of we are playing for a draft position. That's just not how it's going to be this season, uh, which is unfortunate. I think the Broncos, Carl, you know where the Broncos draft pick would be if the season ended, ended today. Be like fifth overall, sixth, sixth, sixth okay. overall. So, Pretty good player with that six pick. Hopefully the Broncos uh, get it figured out here and they can make the Seahawks pick, you know, closer to the uh, closer to the twenties, but we'll see. Uh, Ryan Slavic coming in saying, good evening, fellas in Broncos country. We need to fire Hackett. He is just not it. We need to trade some players to get as much draft capital as we can. Did we already get this one? A new uh, system Did I read it when we were doing it. Okay. No. Uh, what do you think about firing Hackett right now, Carl? I, I would give him the, the Jaguars game, you know, at this point, yeah. It, one, it's too late in the week. Like you should have done that on Sunday if you were going to do it this week. They've already started game planning. They've already started. I mean, I think they already traveled over there, didn't they? Yep, they're over or, there. Yeah. yeah. So um, at this point, you just got to give them this week, and then you've got your bye week. So then you've got two weeks to figure out how this coaching staff is going to be shaken up. And if he does lose, yeah, I think he should be gone. And I think he knows that. I think he knows this is his final week if they lose. So hopefully that motivates him. Maybe it gets the team going a little bit more. I, I don't know. It's I think the players, for the most part, liked him before the season, but I think you're also seeing some of that frustration of, you know, we talked about in the offseason. Is he going to be more of that buddy-buddy guy instead of, hey, when things get tough, can he be the head coach that stands up and says, hey, this is not good enough what we're doing? And I, I think what we've seen in his press conferences, like, hey, we're doing we're doing a lot of good work. We're sleeping here at the stadium. And, you know, I think we're just we're just going to continue our process when he's saying things like that. It's just like, OK, you're not getting it. Like yep. this, this is not how you got to say, hey, we've got to look at ourselves and we got to change some things up. You know, after that first loss, when he brought in a guy to help him with that uh, game clock and game management stuff, I was like, OK, yeah, he's learning. He's got some mistakes that he's got to figure out. He hasn't done anything like that since they've just yeah. gone out and done the same things over and over again. And it's obviously not working. Yeah, absolutely. And I see a little bit of a conversation here about rebuilding this team and the uh, status of Garrett Bowles uh, this offseason. What, what do you think about Garrett Bowles and remaking this off offensive line this offseason? I think right now the only guy I'm confident uh, that is back next season out of the starters or not back, but starting again next season is Quinn Miners. Yeah. After that, you know, it might be four or five guys being replaced. I think because of that massive number, you probably that probably is in favor of retaining Garrett Bowles. So there is a little less uh, turnover because it's pretty hard to completely remake an offensive line. Uh, but uh, Garrett Bowles contract definitely sets up where have questions about restructure and whatnot, mm -hmm. give him the Graham Glasgow special and then uh, right tackle left guard, Dalton Reiser, a free agent and uh, center Lloyd Cushenberry have been struggling a lot uh, this season. So I think all those are in favor of retaining Garrett Bowles this off season with probably a restructure. Yeah, I would definitely go to him and talk about that contract 
and just say, we, we got to figure out something here because, you know, one, we want to free up some cap space so we can rebuild this offensive line better. Because to me, you don't want to fill that with a bunch of rookies and just hope that they're going to turn out. You know, I'm going to hope that Wattenberg can maybe take over that center position and be a an okay player at least, but you never know. You know, I, I, I always think of like Matt Paradis, his first year with the Broncos, he was on the practice squad. Next year, boom, he's right in there doing great work for the Broncos. I doubt that's what happens here, but, you know, you can hope for the best. Uh, beyond that, like I said, I want some veterans in there. I'm getting a veteran for the right tackle spot. I'm getting a veteran for that left guard spot and and maybe a veteran for that center position because I just I want that unit to to be able to to grow very quickly. You know, you need them to be strong. And right now it has been oh, it's been bad. Yeah, it's definitely tough. Uh, Phil McLaughlin coming in here. 500 stars on Facebook. Thank you so much, Phil. Uh, saying good evening, Nick Carl and Dean Scott is a meet and greet. Is there a meet and greet in London? Uh, go Broncos hashtag MHH for life. The Scott will be there, um, so I'm not sure if there's a ordained or official uh, meet and greet, but you can reach out to Scott, of course, at Scout Kennedy, uh, and he is definitely going to be there. So uh, we'll have a good time making a trip of it. Uh, going to go to some soccer games, or fo- football, European football, <laughs> yeah, world football as well. So uh, have a good time. If you qu- have questions about that, reach out to Scott. Uh, so Carl, getting into the the meat of this conversation, we're talking Bradley Chubb. Right now, what are you, you kind of talked about a little bit. Let's redig in. What are you looking for here? And are you interested in trading him regardless of the outcome of this Jags game? So like I said, I, part of the reason that I said that I would want a first and third for Bradley Chubb is in big part because he is a part of my future of the team. Hmm. Like he is showing me why he was a top five pick. He's been a top 10 edge player in football so far this year. You know, even with Randy Gregory going down, even with Baron Browning going down, like he's still in there making plays. He's still the guy that's getting consistent pressure game in, game out for the Broncos. And he's doing, I I think he's doing some of his best work in the run game as well, of just Mm -hmm. holding the edge. Does help that he is playing next to DJ as well to, to help with the run game. But still, like those two, they work great together. And Draymond has, has been freed up to do a lot of things as well. So it just, for me, Bradley Chubb, maybe maybe I am tagging him next year just to make sure he can have two straight years of being healthy before I give him that long-term contract. But that's why I'm sitting there telling teams, hey, he's a part of our future. If you really want him, you got to show us that you really, really want him. So up that offer. I'm not just taking anything and everything that's thrown at me because otherwise I'm sitting there saying, okay, nobody wants to come to our offer what we have. Let's get that long-term contract signed. Yeah, hundred percent. Wanted to say hello to a few, few people in here. Dom's in the house. Paul's in the house. Uh, Diamond Rattler's in the house. A uh, few others. David Mecklerath, of course, in the house. Good to see a Chase Wilner and uh, our guy Patrick also in the house. I saw him in here somewhere. Uh, Patrick, here we go. Patrick, afternoon, gents. Uh, friend of the show uh, out there, Lion Coffee in Hawaii. Always appreciate that. I'm still working through. Uh, some of the uh, the awesome product that you sent us. So uh, thank you so much. You know, not free advertising here. Uh, for, wow. Carl keeps Carl sleeps with that one, actually, uh, Patrick. <laughs> but uh, no, it's uh, good to see. You. We also got Mr. Esterodactyl coming in here saying, how's it? Good to see you. Uh, God, I saw somebody else in here I wanted to say hello to. But uh, thank you guys so much for joining us today. And Lulu Langley coming in here saying might be in- Manning might be interested in the general manager position, which could be open at the season's end. I don't think Manning would be interested in the general manager spot, but who knows? He's got his whole uh, Omaha productions thing going on there as well. I think he's got a pretty good thing going with uh, the Manning cast. And I think if he was interested, it'd be more of an ownership president kind of position rather than the general manager. But uh, we'll see as far as the thing that interests me here. And thank you so much for the comment, Lulu, uh, the general manager position being open. So we're talking about Nathaniel Hackett. It almost seems at this point it would take something miraculous to happen for him to turn the season around and retain his job. How hot should George Payton's seat uh, be right now? I wouldn't have it too hot. You know, I think most everything else you like what he's done. You know, he, he got the Broncos becoming a very national talking point with the, the signing of Russell Wilson. I, I think you like a lot of what he's done with the roster. Uh, even the rookies that have come in so far, even this year, like we, we kind of questioned this draft class a little bit, but they've they've performed okay. Dulcich has actually looked like a very promising player for the offense moving forward. Uh, athletic, has good hands, very trustworthy. Bonito hasn't looked completely incompetent out there. Um, you got uh, 
Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that have gotten some playing time. Um, Washington got to work on those, on those fumbles or whatever you want to, I don't know. Some of them have been fumbles, some of them muff punts got to get that under control, but he's made a few really athletic plays as well for this team. Uh, so, and, and uh, Mathis, I know he had the one really bad game with the penalties, but he looks like a guy that you could build on that I think could become a true number two for the Broncos. So uh, I look at all that. And like I said, the free agency signings, a lot of those have worked out really well for the Broncos. I'm giving them another year. I'm saying, Hey, I, I think you're doing well at your job other than the hiring of the coach. We can, we can work on that. Now you got ownership in place. They can help you with the ownership or with the, the coaching search, you know, and I think especially with this ownership, when you can promise anything and everything to every coach out there, you can say, Hey, we're going to give you the biggest salary possible. You can go after the biggest names. Now. I think the Broncos at times have almost gotten bargain bin shopping for coaches just because it's, they don't have the cash flow to really go big like they want to. Now you don't have to worry about that. You can just say, Hey, we're going to give you the world and we can actually give it to you. So yeah. um, I, I, I think he's safe. Yeah. I think he is safe. I think he's going to get a God again. It's so weird to be just talking about Hackett like he's a dead man walking, but at two and five with how incompetent it's looked so far just would be probably crazy if he was back next season. Also sound like the owners are not impressed, uh, but uh, we have Naj coming in here saying we really need Russ out of the out there to build any chemistry. I am baffled by what Hackett did to earn the job against nine other qualified candidates. How do you feel about the players who respond to him being fired? Also no trades, please. Trades are part of it, and if somebody offers you something for an asset that you are, don't have in your long-term vision, uh, then you need to consider it. I think that somebody like Jerry Judy, who I think is a, still a pretty damn good receiver, not the best fit for Russell Wilson, who you are married to the next three seasons. Un- yeah. Somewhat unfortunately. Um, right now, with I think right now we can say unfortunately. So if you can get something for him and look for other assets there, maybe build in the offensive line, you need a new left guard, you need a new center, you need a new right tackle probably need another wide receiver that fits Wilson a little bit better, but uh, in my opinion, at least, but um, definitely will be a bummer there. As far as uh, being baffled about what Hackett did, do you have any thoughts on this? I mean, it's crazy how quickly this went to hell in a handbasket with uh, the whole Hackett thing. I think it's easy to see like when he does interviews before all of this fell apart, he's a very likable guy. He he can really sell himself well in that sense. And I do think he is intelligent when it comes to football stuff. It's just there's such a a difference between being an offensive coordinator and being a head coach. And even there where he had LaFleur, who was helping play, you know, do the play calling and come up with a game plan for the offense. You know, it wasn't all Hackett that was doing that. And so there's some of that when he first came in that we were questioning. How much was this Hackett? How much of this was LaFleur with the offense? You know, how much of this is, like I said, him taking over head coach with all the different responsibilities. Can he handle that? And so far he's proving that that's been too much for him. And this is why in many ways, especially with bringing in Russell Wilson, I almost wanted a veteran coach. Like I I, I liked the hack at hiring because I thought, Hey, maybe this kind of personality would work well with a lot of these young guys. But I did worry about this happening where he would be overwhelmed and would lose the team. And unfortunately the worst case scenario has happened with the Broncos. And so I think the next hiring, I would be shocked if it wasn't a veteran coach, a guy that's already been a head coach at some point coming back very well respected around the league. Um, You know, I know everybody keeps talking about Sean Payton, but guys like Raheem Morris is another one that I, I think would be well respected and the team would be very interested in him. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other names out there, but like I said, I, I think you're going to see a veteran coach. Yeah, I think so as well. It's just crazy how much the Broncos pivoted the wrong way. And sometimes I think uh, somebody listened to in the Iowa Hawkeye uh, side of things, John Miller said, one of the worst things you can do uh, when you are hiring a new person in anything in business is go- react way too hard the other way. And you went from the old curmudgeon Vic Fangio guy and it, blinded you uh it seems like right now to uh gosh nathaniel hackett and uh what's going on here so still it doesn't matter if they're offensive coach special teams coach i don't former head coach that failed uh need an adult in the room and somebody who knows what they're doing from a 
structural standpoint. I mean, somebody in here earlier mentioned it and almost in jest, but like what I would give to have John Fox in here uh, right mm-hmm. now to help steer the ship and just get some competency in that room. Um, you know, he's definitely had issues with Peyton Manning and Russell Wilson is not Peyton Manning, cal- Peyton Manning caliber quarterback, but uh, even just getting a John Fox in here would stabilize things. I mean, what do you think? Let's say John Fox is the head coach of this team. It's super conservative, but with this defense and whatnot, I you think in four and three, th- I mean, definitely three and four, probably some of the laughable decisions from Hackett. Yeah. I, the Broncos have found more ways to lose games this year in the first seven games. And they have probably in the last three years combined, like th- they've been the more talented team on the field almost every week that they've been out there. Uh, just like I said, just stupid mistakes, stupid penalties. When you get, you know, a couple games where they've had about 150 yards in penalties, that's ridiculous. That, that That's on coaching for being so undisciplined on a lot of things. Guys not understanding their assignments, you know, just not being in the right place. So, yeah, John Fox, I think this team's probably four and three, five and two right now with him at the, the helm. And you're feeling pretty decent about the team at that point. Going okay, you know what? We're we've got a winning record, and we're still not quite everybody on the same page yet. Yeah. Oh man, it's a uh, pretty rough. Uh, we got Benji Clay coming in saying, "Wish people understood coaching isn't everything." You're absolutely right. Uh, coaching is not everything. Uh, what happens when we are still losing team three years from now? Worst trade ever, laughing stock in the NFL. It's definitely a bad trade right now. It's compounded by the extension. It's on George Payton now to figure out what they need to do to build around Russell Wilson. His, you talk, we talked about George Payton a little bit ago. Is he fired on the hot seat? He's definitely on the hot seat uh, right now. But, but I think that with that hot seat, it's it comes down to him figuring out with Russell Wilson over the next two seasons. Like that's the guy you got married to. I don't fault him for making the trade right now based on the information. Uh, but uh, he's got to figure out how to build around Wilson to make it successful because of the contract and just how it all sets up. Uh, he, he doesn't, he's not going to be able to pivot off of R- Russell Wilson in 2023. Let's say it's bad again next year. Then he, he might, he's probably gone. Yeah. Unfortunately, I like, I like George Payton. I really like most of his moves that he's made. Everything seems to make a lot of sense for the team. Um, yeah, I couldn't say that about John Elway. There's a lot of things that John Elway did that we were kind of going, what, what are you, what are you doing, John? You know, like the, the first couple of years that John Elway, he couldn't miss drafting Von Miller, getting Peyton Manning in the building, you know, signing a few other guys. Let's think of like, uh, Luis Vasquez become an all pro guard for you that you brought in. Yeah. You, you brought in all pro players and Aqib Tlaib and getting Chris Harris jr. And those kind of things. But then as time went on, like he just kept making compounding mistake after mistake after mistake. And, and so, yeah, George Payton, he's got to learn from this big time. Unfortunately, this is kind of a, what have you done for me lately? And as, as much as I like a lot of the moves he's made, it still hasn't led to the team winning. That's Mm -hmm. you you still got to have it show up in the the win column and that's not happening so far. Yeah. (laughs) Joseph saying we need to give the offensive line steroids or something because they're getting pushed around and it's embarrassing. I used to be pretty uh, thinking the offensive line was fine. You get the right quarterback in here. Uh, you can survive with a competent offensive line. I still believe that, but times have changed. If you're married to Russell Wilson and with how bad he is with the quick pass game, I think that the offensive line specifically run blocking needs to be a massive emphasis for this team building going forward. So maybe over the next few years, I'm even going to become one of the dreaded offensive line truthers uh, to, to build this <laughs> team up because I really think that you are married to Russell Wilson. People are asking, what can you trade for him? You're not going to trade him right now with the contract, with everything. I mean, you're talking 2022, 23, 23, 24, after 25. It's probably the earliest you can move on. So three and a half seasons from now. Yeah. God, who would have thought, man, Carl? Sorry. You and Mark Schlair are are best friends now? Me? Yeah, you and Mark Schlair. I just think that they probably got to build that way specifically for Russell Wilson. If you have the right kind of quarterback, uh, it's not as imperative, but with how bad the quick game is, how much Russell Wilson hangs onto the football, how much it's important to dictate opposing personnel to get those explosive plays out there for Wilson, you probably got to have top five personnel in the run game. And right now the Broncos don't have that, not even close. Uh, Ryan Slavik coming in here, 499 Super saying if they fire Hackett to promote Evero as head coach, defensive coordinator, and Clint Kubiak as offensive coordinator, see how it goes. I do believe Evero can be a great head coach. He seems to be a no-nonsense coach. Really well-spoken, really intelligent, killing it his first time. I don't think he's going to be head coach, defensive coordinator. You're going to see them bring somebody up uh, in the positional coaching staff area 
That'll be the defensive coordinator. May I suggest a page defensive back coach for the Broncos thought of very highly across the league retained from Vic Fangio staff to this staff. Uh, he is a lot of people in the know in NFL circles are huge fans of uh, Christian page. So keep a name out, uh, keep an eye out or ear out for that one. If there is a move that happens here, I think he is the guy I'd be interested in being promoted to that defensive coordinator role. Yeah. I mean, you got some, some older guys like Dom Caper still on the, the coaching mm-hmm. staff. He's had head coaching experience. It would be pretty easy transition to get him up there and to, to take over. But yeah, I, I really don't want Evero becoming head coach right now. Partly just because he's just killing it as a defense coordinator. Do I really want to add more to his plate and take away from the defense because he's helping with everything else? I, I just, I'm not a big fan of that. I, I think you want to keep that unit strong and just see if you can maybe get something else to click elsewhere to get that offense going. At the same time, though, if you're moving on from, oh, we got Facebook comments now. What's going on? Uh, at the same time, if we got, uh, if you're moving on from Hackett, probably whoever the new head coach is, is bringing in their new defensive coordinator. Very rarely do you see defensive coordinators roll over in the NFL from one staff to the other. So if you have any questions at all about Evero uh, ending up being the guy, then maybe it's something you want to see uh, in that regard. So I, I totally agree with you on the, and on that front that the defense could take a slight step back uh, if that happened, but it's more about evaluating if Evero could be the guy going forward yeah. at that spot. Uh, and if he's up for the challenge and maybe catch lightning in a bottle. I mean, he's, he's killing it right now. The coach, the players seem to really like him. Maybe mm-hmm. he does a better job of being that overall, you know, system guy uh, for the entire organization in the locker room versus Nathaniel Hackett, who seems to be a little bit uh, over his skis. Yeah. So, just, so I, got, uh, I'm not against, I don't, I don't think you're wrong either. I just yeah. think it's something that you no, have to at least consider. I, I, I agree. I, I think if you do not want to lose, yeah, you're going to lose him if this whole coaching staff is taken out. You know, if you get in a new head coach, Evero's going to go somewhere else. And that's going to really stink for this team. Cause like you said, he's been such an incredible addition to this Broncos. Like I, we, we were talking about before the season of, you know, you lose Fangio, man, he, it's going to be hard to match what he brought to the table. Evero's taken it to a whole nother step. You know, he's done so much better with his pressure packages and figuring out how to get all these different pass rushers on the field and use them to uh, really line up, you know, to take, to overload one side of the, the offensive line and get yep. guys those one-on-one matchups. It, it's just been amazing to see, but we do have Ashish coming in saying, I like George Payton so much. Don't want him to leave. He'll continue to draft starters in third or fourth round. But so far, the biggest mistake he made is hiring Hackett and extending Wilson. Do you think he would have got that contract now? Wilson? Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. No way in heck no. uh, would that have happened uh, now, given what we know. Uh, I was okay with it at the time. You know, I was only the, with the top 10 quarterback. You have a little bit of flexibility here. It's just a two-year extension on what you had. But uh, obviously, looking wrong at that one uh, now. So, <laughs> unfortunately. So, Carl, we're going to start wrapping it up here. But we've talked a lot about Chubb. Are there any other players that you are interested in for moving on uh, from the Broncos, potentially, let's say, if they lose or if they don't lose? And what kind of compensation are you at least starting to get interested in moving them? Yeah. I mean, I, I mentioned him earlier. Albert Okawebenam is another one that's pretty easy to – you're not going to get much for him. You know, you might get a seventh round pick kind of thing because he's not even starting for your team. You just got Dulcich back from injury. He's proving that he could actually be a pretty competent player in the system and looks like he's going to be your number one tight end moving forward for better, for worse. And so I, I think he'd be one that'd be pretty easy to move offensive line wise. You know, if some team comes at me with like a fifth round pick for Dalton Reisner, I'm not going to turn that down. He hasn't been playing that great. He's on the end of his contract. You're probably not going to get much more than that for a comp pick for him because he's not going to get a big contract next. Uh, let's see. Anybody else? Even Melvin Gordon. Like I know your, your running back room is all banged up, but if some team comes and says, hey, six-round pick for Melvin Gordon, I'm okay with that. I, I think that this kind of system sets up well for you can put – a different running back in there. And it's more about the offensive line and how they're doing of how the actual running game is going to go. You know, we, we've seen it so far. I think was it Mike Clist tweeted out something about how there's not been a single run over 20 yards so far for the Broncos. Well, that, that's the offensive line. 
you know, the, yeah. the running backs can only do so much. And we saw it last year, a little bit of the Broncos could make a little bit more just because they had some running backs that could break some tackles. But again, when you're still getting hit in the backfield, it doesn't do much good. Yeah, it's rough. Um, it's really rough right now, unfortunately. Got to probably rebuild the offensive line and seeing the offensive line take massive steps back. Same guys as last year, uh, for the most part, taking massive steps back. Points to the system and specifically the offensive line coach being an issue. Always thought losing Mike Munchak was going to be an issue, but uh, this bad going from Munchak to Butch Berry is rough, uh, no doubt. And it's also further frustrating seeing how well the Vikings offensive line is developing uh, so far this season with Chris Cooper running that outside zone attack underneath Kevin O'Connell. So you had that guy in the house, uh, probably could have kept Munchak as well in an advisory role, but alas, uh, we got Nathaniel Hackett's buddy, Butch Berry in here, which has not been great. Uh, cronyism a little bit, uh, the word of the day here. We got nepotism in Iowa and cronyism in Denver, unfortunately. Cristiano wrote in coming in here with the five uh, reals over in Brazil saying, Hey guys, think another putrid performance will force Hackett to overhaul the offensive process or leave. Please keep Peyton and Evero and invest heavily in the offensive line. Unfortunately, I think if you move on from Hackett, you probably move on from Evero as well, uh, just because a new head coach is not going to be as keen on bringing in somebody that's not his guy. It's just the reality of the situation. They, they want to be able to pick their own staff. Uh, but uh, maybe if you want to keep Evero, uh, Evero, God bless it, Scott. I'm so sorry. I like it's it's ingrained in my head. Evero, Evero, forever Evero, uh, <laughs> that um, you uh, probably want to keep him then as the head coach uh, in that situation. And that's, that's the best chance for keeping him if you move on from Hackett. Yeah, and like I said, it's hard for me to – to want to move forward with a guy that would be a first time head coach. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess he'd be the interim head coach. So I guess that's his like eight week window of, of getting to prove himself. And, and like I said, if he proves himself, then that, that works great because he is well-respected amongst the, the players and, and maybe he could be a little bit more of the, the no nonsense guy that, that Russell Wilson needs. I, I kind of worry a little bit that Hackett kind of let, Russell Wilson walk all over him you know just yeah. it, it's the Russell Wilson show he has his own kind of posse that follows him everywhere his family has complete freedom to walk through the building at any time where no other family has that kind of kind of thing you know his family essentially kind of had their own spot at, at training camp where nobody else really was allowed to bother them there's rules of who could go up and talk to to his wife and kids you know, all those kind of things. And I get it. Like they're a celebrity couple and there, there's maybe got to be a few extra things, but maybe you just let him have too much power. Like I said, has his own offensive coordinator or not offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach. coach that on top of having your team quarterbacks coach. And some of that, I think maybe does rub a lot of players the wrong way that it's, it's Russell Wilson and then everybody else. And, and sometimes you got to tell your, your quarterback, like, I get it. You are the man. And yes, you just made all this money and you're doing all these commercials and everything else, but you still got to be about the team and you got to make sure that they understand that you care about them. And I, I think Evero could maybe have that ability to go to him and talk to him about it where Hackett, I think was almost like terrified to upset Russell Wilson. Yeah. A little bit, maybe too much fawning over Sierra. Uh, not enough <laughs> thinking about how the offense needs to look, but uh, mm -hmm. we'll see. And Phil Iris saying too much overreaction Hackett's problem uh, is Hackett's problem is he is doing too much. Take play calling from him. The question is, who gets it then? Uh, bringing a hard-nosed offensive coordinator to buckle down the offense. Don't blow up what's good. The issue is, it's not been good. Uh, it's the worst offense in football so far this season, and you don't have a lot of means to improve it, and it's not just the offense right now that's an issue. It's the decision-making. It's the play calling. It's the identity. I mean, a lot of issues... Uh, before we get on out of here, uh, and thank you, Phil, for the comment. I think we'll just have to disagree right now. Uh, it's bad. And my understanding is the Broncos new ownership group thinks it's really bad as well. Yeah, so, I mean, if the Broncos get embarrassed in London, Hackett might not be on the plane back. That's that's pretty much the message that I've gotten. Uh, I'm yeah. talking with some people more connected than myself. But, uh, okay, so right now we're kind of talking about like Hackett being a dead man, walking, you know, just inevitable. What has to happen? for Hackett to be back in 2023. What does that look like? Paint that picture for me. You've got to have one of the craziest turnarounds in football history. Wow. You know, to, I, that's really what it's going to take. I, I think you have to at least get to nine wins. 
which what does that mean? So you're you're at seven right now. So you've got to win seven seven of your next nine games. Ten. Or yeah, seven of your next ten games. And really, this has been the easier part of your schedule. So you're you're talking about the Chiefs. You got another game against Chargers. You got the Raiders. Um, you've got the Rams still. You've got Cardinals. I'm trying to think who else they still have left on that schedule. But it, it's not going to be easy to do that. Yeah. On top of, like I said, you, you've now got to also go win the locker room back, get the respect of the players because right now Hackett's not very well respected in that that building. You got to get ownership to to believe that you know what you're doing, and to change people's opinions. Like that first impression matters. Unfortunately, you know, I, I think, I think like the first time you and I met, you know, it, it clicked right away because we have, of course had we had the Broncos, uh, we had the Cardinals, and there's just a lot of things there that helped build that first impression for our friendship. You know, but yeah. if you came in and were like, "Yeah, I'm a Broncos fan, but I'm a Cubs fan," man, I'd be like, "Oh man, I don't want to talk to this guy. He's a stupid yeah. Cubs fan." Yeah, and, stupid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, like I said, just those first impressions matter, and it's hard to change them in such a short time. And, you know, maybe if Russell Wilson gets healthy, you can start feeling a little bit better about that. Like I said, some guys maybe start understanding the the playbook a little bit better. Maybe they do use that bye week to do some great things. But even there, you still got to go win this week because Hackett, if he stands a chance to be here for next year, it's got to start right here. It's got to start this week that you can't lose this game. And I I just think it there's like maybe like a 1% chance that Hackett is the coach next year. I'll give him about a 15% chance that it happens. Uh, But uh, I think that it does start with beating the Jags. Uh, That's number one. If that doesn't happen, then you probably do get down to that 1% chance. And I think that also if they finish six and four, given how tough the schedule is, as long as the offense is making some tangible, obvious improvements, there might be a conversation there, uh, some growth to happen. So I'm going to give a little bit uh, benefit of the doubt there uh, just to see if it can play out a little. I guess not benefit of the doubt, but a little more wiggle room. But you're right. It's down bad right now. And uh, it's I saw a comment earlier. I have 40-plus years watching the Broncos. never seen an offense this bad. Been a fan for a long time. This is the team that's hurt me the most. It's definitely disappointing. Broncos made a big move this season. Hope was extremely high. And then to see it crash down even worse than it was under Vic Fangio and you know, kind of the – ire of NFL fans, not the ire, but the judgment laughing stock of NFL in general. So far this season, it hurts uh, right now. And hearing the Broncos fans, seeing the Broncos fans down to like what 15% stadium capacity at the end of that game. It's a one score game against the jets. I mean, embarrassing. Yeah, yeah it's embarrassing. So uh, you guys are the fans. We're, we're the fans. So uh, we can call it. And if we're embarrassed, you know, that's how you're feeling. So hopefully it'll turn it around, but uh, still going to keep tuning in here. Um, hopefully you guys keep tuning into building the Broncos too. No matter how the Broncos are playing, we're going to be back here hanging out with you guys to talk, going through your chats and uh, just discussing Bronco football and the NFL at large. So appreciate you guys. Make sure you're following Carl on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dumbler MHH. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you're following us at BTB football pod, as well as at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, uh, hopefully by next week, it'll be working again, but make sure you join our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And as the ticker says underneath, please make sure to subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube. Uh, you guys are great. Carl, it was great to hang out with you again today. Uh, what's the rest of your day looking like? I'll probably go help the wife with putting the kids down for bed. And mm-hmm. we got uh, kind of a crazy week of school and they're doing Halloween parties this week. All three kids are having their classmates come over. So we got to get the whole house prepared for lots and lots of kids. And so uh, I'm doing the dad thing tonight. What about you? Dinner duty and then starting to pack for uh, going back to Iowa for a bit for uh, one of my best friend's weddings. So uh, then it's going to be breaks. Then it's going to be watching a lot of football, but uh, resting. I really need a, uh, a big slumber after this busy summer and a lot of time. So appreciate you guys so much for joining us today. Uh, we'll see you guys again uh, later. Uh, make sure you keep choosing kindness and compassion. It's going to get better eventually, right? Right. It's, it's got to get better eventually. Yeah. Right. Okay. Enough time passes. <laughs> Can't get worse. It'll be fine. Uh, but I appreciate you guys again. Choose compassion and kindness. As always, go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.